You're listening to the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast with host Howard Bender and John and Pemba. What's going on, FA Nation? John and Pemba here with Howard Bender. It's the Fantasy Alarm NFL DFS Podcast here. Howard, we have made it to wild card weekend here in the NFL season. And with the added uh, playoff teams this year, the new playoff format, this is a Saturday through Monday main slate with a Monday night football matchup uh, between the Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles. We have two Saturday games. We have three Sunday games. So it's going to be a pretty spread out weekend here for some NFL DFS coverage. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. And I, I actually just, I, I was planning on like the original plan was just to do a, a two game playbook for Saturday, a three game playbook for Sunday, and then do the, uh, do the, the Monday showdown write up and have Tara Roberts was going to take care of that. But I've just, I've, I got so many people hitting me up and asking me about the six game slate and and putting that together. And do I play that? Do I want to play that? No, not really. But I, I mean, I think throughout the playoffs here, I, I, towards the end of the season, I think we've had our, our big rash of cove drops. So I don't necessarily know if we're going to see a lot of that uh, going on there, which could help out. But I mean, I was very surprised to see so many people playing that, wanting to play that slate that I ended up dropping a, a, a full playbook, six-game playbook, on DFSAlarm.com today. We're recording this right now on Friday. So I've already dropped that playbook. I'm going to start adding a, a number of names for the dartboard because the dartboard is going to be helping for the GPP contest that Saturday-only and Sunday-only people are going to want to play. Yeah, we've uh, we've ramped it up here at, uh, at Fantasy Alarm, and, uh, and let's get me. Yeah, I mean, listen, your, your playback content obviously all season has, has been highly successful, so it's no wonder people are just clamoring and wondering where the uh, the weekend playbook is here. Uh, six games, though, is, is definitely new. You know, We're usually dealing with double that when it comes to a full NFL week here, Howard. So smaller player pools, more consolidated roster ship on guys here, and those dart plays, right? The dartboard that you're going to be putting out, you know, less and less viable options when it comes to dartboard plays as well with that being said let's let's start it off we have the saturday 4 30 game that that kicks it off here we'll go to the quarterback position josh allen is at the top at 7800 the most expensive quarterback on this six game slate you have patrick mahomes tom brady and kyler murray all over uh seven thousand dollars i wrote the quarterback coach howard i had josh allen in my fades section of that quarterback coach this week due to the weather that's going to be in buffalo we're going to be looking at negative wind chill degree temperatures there it's going to be windy it's going to be cold josh allen apparently had come out and said that he has circulation issues in his hands when they get cold and not things you want to hear from a quarterback that plays up in buffalo especially when it comes to playoff time so i worry about allen so for me he was on the fade section so i'm not in on any josh allen this weekend i mean i hear that he's gonna drop a little blue pill before the game so that was recommended to him we'll see if he does it or not I don't know if I want to be the sender if I'm if in that exchange, but I don't want to be the sender. Listen, I mean, how is he going to wear a cup, right? I'll let, I, the, I'll let them the, figure the logistics out for that one. <laughs> like tape it up around his waistband, right? Oh uh, I think man, I'm Either, too much credit. Yeah. Right. Well, that's what I said to to Jim Bowden. I was like, how do we know that Josh Allen isn't actually a eunuch, <laughs> right? How do we know that we don't strip down that uniform that he's just a Ken doll underneath? Right. Whatever. No, listen, I'm not using Josh Allen either for, for a multitude of reasons. 
I mean, listen, if the weather is, if, if it's cold, that's one thing. That's fine. I'm okay. I'm, I, I can handle the cold. It depends on what the winds is like. If it's supposed to be, if we're talking like winds in the 20 to 25 mile an hour gusts and stuff like that, then that's a problem. That was like what it was the first time that, that yeah. these two teams played. But I mean, if you're talking about 10 to 15 mile an hour winds, it's really not going to be that much of, a, of an effect on it. So I don't worry nearly as much. I worry about the fact that these teams have now, this will be the third time they've played this year. They've split the season series. And listen, if if, if they are concerned about the passing attack for, for Josh Allen, you tell me Belichick isn't going to be able to scheme better against this against this offensive unit. So that's what really kind of worries me. I'd rather go with Mahomes against Kansas, against Pittsburgh, Tom Brady at home against Philadelphia. I mean, the guys who I, I wrote up in the playbook, yeah. Mahomes, Brady. I wrote up Kyler Murray because I do think that this Rams game against on Monday night could be uh, a pretty good back and forth there. Dak Prescott, Matt Stafford. I even threw Jalen Hurts into the into the mix there as well. I'd be much ra- I'd much rather go with any of those guys over Josh Allen this week. Yeah, I'm with you there as well. I am a little worried about the uh, about Tom Brady just because of again the weather that is supposed to be in Tampa Bay on Sunday. We're looking at 82% chance of precipitation, winds of 23 to 30 miles an hour based off current reports over on weather.com right now in the afternoon. So that's a one o'clock game. So it could be windy there in Tampa Bay. Are you building your lineups? Make sure you're checking the forecast there because that could that could definitely be an issue. I like Mahomes for me. Again, if you're looking at the matchup against Pittsburgh, we know how bad they've been all season. Uh, and Mahomes has really started to turn it around. In that 7K tier, Mahomes is my top guy. If we are looking at that mid-tier, Burrow was the cover of my quarterback coach, so no secrets. So again, final two games of the year that he played in eight touchdowns, over 400 yards, averaging over 450 yards a game. Like, absolutely light in those games against Kansas City and Baltimore. Now he gets a Las Vegas team who they ran all over in that first game against them. You know, Burrow didn't have a good game because Joe Mixon had a great game. But with this being the playoffs, I think they're going to lean a little bit more on the passing game. So I'm big on Burrow in that mid-tier. It wasn't a very good game the first time they met at all. It was 10-6 at halftime. And it wasn't until the uh, the fourth quarter that that they kind of blew out the, uh, the score. And they did it with Joe Mixon a lot there. So that's actually one of the reasons why I'm not really looking at Joe Burrow. I think a lot of people will go to Burrow because of what we've seen from the Bengals over the last couple of over the last couple of games. But you know, you're talking about it's a good secondary there for the uh, for the Raiders. We're going to see a lot of Casey Hayward versus Jamar Chase, and I just that it's just it's a it's not a major concern. It's just it's a minor concern for me. I wouldn't begrudge anybody to use Joe Burrow in a GPP contest there, but knowing that the Bengals know that you can run on the Raiders and you should run on the Raiders, kind of tilts me a little bit towards mixing more. Yeah, but the one thing with mixing in that game as well, because I remember actually playing. A burrow in DFS that week. It was obviously not a good week for me there. Was that yeah, Mixon's yards per carry in that game were actually pretty trash until the end. I think he broke off like a, a pretty big run to, to get him kind of a respectable number there. But in terms of DVOA, I, I don't I think the Raiders are not they don't rank too highly. Now that could certainly be something that happened towards the end of the year. I think they were like twenty first, twenty second in DVOA 
against the pass. And Burrow's been better at home again, but those numbers are likely inflated due to those last two games where he played at home against Baltimore and Kansas City. But yeah, definitely a little bit of concern if they got, decide to go the runway uh, running game there. But I guess well, I guess where else we'll see. After that, again, like Dak was, I'm a little bit wishy-washy on this matchup because I think San Francisco has a real chance to upset Dallas in this one, but obviously he's played really well of late. So Burrow and Dak are my two mid-tier guys in that 6K range. I'm not playing Stafford this weekend. I just haven't liked what I've seen out of him. It's another divisional game here. I know Arizona has been kind of limping in to this one themselves, but I don't know. I just don't like Karn former Matthew Stafford right now. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely started off slow. He's definitely started off slow in the in the last few weeks, and there is a little bit of nerves on that. I do. I like Dak a lot more here, also, just because I think that I think Dallas is desperate. Like, you, you know, it's so funny. You hear the Dallas Cowboys fans talking about it. They don't like this matchup against San Francisco. I, I just, you've just, you, you've seen them beat up on these lousy teams, right? And they've, I think they've only beaten, what, three playoff teams? This whole, or three teams with a winning record this whole season. So even when you're like looking at Dallas's offensive numbers and, looking at those games and, and all that potential. So I think I think they're scared to death of being one and done this year. Yeah. And, well, they had uh, six and I, games against the uh, NFC East, Howard. Well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, that's just, I mean, that, that says it all. You look at this and I just, I think this is a team that ends up throwing the ball a lot mm. in this game, only because if San Francisco gets out to a lead and they start running the ball more, Dallas is going to get desperate and just keep chucking. And if the game stays tight back and forth and it goes into that second half, Dow's going to just keep chucking. Yeah, I like Prescott a lot this week, as a, especially as a cash game. If we're going into the, the value tier again, only so many options. Jimmy G, the cover of your playbook is Debo Samuel. I know that's mostly probably because of his versatility. But these last couple of games where Garoppolo's had a throw, 32 and 35 pass attempts, in weeks 18 and 16, the two games he played, over 70% completion percentage, over 300 yards passing in both. The turnovers, two to, two interceptions to one touchdown, not great. But I mean, 5,300, if he's proven that he can bring them back like he did against the Rams, they definitely have the weapons in San Francisco to make a shootout. Do you think Jimmy G can come through? I don't love it. I don't want to pay down. I don't want to pay down lower than Jalen Hurts, really. Okay. That's fine. And just for the mention, Big Ben's don't, at 52. Don't do it. Najee Harris is listed as questionable this weekend, Howard. If Harris doesn't play, Juju Smith-Schuster is expected to return. You got Big Ben just in the shotgun five wide for this whole game. I mean, I know the arm is a noodle at this point, but I mean, like, he's going to go out on his shield, I imagine, with this final game here. You know, if you want to get a little darty in your GPP lineups, I don't know. Juju is min price, Howard. So uh, I'm just saying, I'm just throwing him out there. I keep throwing him out there. Big Ben can't throw with any kind of <laughs> any kind of accuracy past five yards right now. Well, a good thing for, for him, Juju runs short routes. <laughs> All right, let's go to the running back position. Mix is the top-right running back on the slate. We talked about already the matchup here for against Las Vegas. He had 120 yards and two scores. Are you going Joe as your top running back? Um, I mean, I like Joe. I just don't necessarily know if you need to pay up for him because it, it does seem like we're going to be paying a, a premium price for a quarterback, mm -hmm. right? And you look at the wide receiver talent out there, and it's uh, it's juicy. It really is. And the tight end group as well, if you're looking at them. You're going to have to find your value somewhere, and that kind of – I'll use Mixon for a GPP, but, I mean, Jacobs is a guy who I like. Damian Harris is a guy who I like. Fournette, if you, if you think it's going to be windy and rainy in Tampa Bay, I mean, playoff Lenny is right here at 5,900. 
Fournette could definitely be in play. I gotta, I'll, I'll probably think about that a little bit more. He's not in the original playbook right now. I, uh, I moved down to to Elijah Mitchell as a uh, and Daryl Williams as the as yeah. two guys where I like to pay down only because I mean San Francisco loves to run the ball. Mitchell, even with the knee, has seen 21 carries in in each of the last two games. And then it doesn't sound like Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to be playing. We're going to have no, to wait officially ruled Actually, just officially ruled out like two minutes ago, Howard. Oh, beautiful. So with him ruled out there, Darrell Williams becomes a, an intriguing option with Derek Gore as an even deeper kind of play there. So, I, so, you know, I'm like, all right, I don't need to go mix in here for anything more than a GPP. So I think for me, it starts... It kind of starts at Damian Harris. I do like Josh Jacobs a lot, and I love the volume that he's getting. Damian uh, Harris, win or lose, rush him for 100 yards against the Bills. Yeah, they're just he's going to touch the ball like 25 times. But let me ask you, because it's, <laughs> it's been a controversial topic, I guess, of late. Ezekiel Elliott, right? Is he? Do you believe that he was being limited, you know, basically for the second half of the year for this for the playoffs do you, do you trust we got 18 carries 87 yards week 18 against philadelphia and sort of what many people were maybe considering a ramp-up game for him going up against going into the playoffs here after limited for the majority of the year basically after that new england game when he got injured he, he wasn't seeing this type of volume zeke said he was getting closer and closer to 100 the team was taking precautions with him what are your thoughts on elliot here against san francisco no i'm not into it i mean san francisco does a great job against the run they rank what like second or third in dvoa against they just they do a really good job with that and and like i said i think dallas plays desperate throughout the entire game from start to finish i think we're gonna see it's like one on on, on one hand you could see uh, a normal team just let's run the ball let's establish play action this is i think i think dallas comes out running gun shooting uh, shooting the ball downfield as much as possible really early on like zeke will get the could i see zeke with 42 yards at a touchdown yes that i could see but you know am i paying up for that come on if we're getting if we're getting the dartboard play, will potentially a Cam Akers make the board? Oh no. Oh no. Okay. I don't love it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you know, PPR format. He did have three catches on three targets. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I just I think a lot of people are underrating the Arizona offense. Yeah, I worry about. I want to know what's going on with their running back situation. Both running backs are questionable. Are we getting King, Kyler with Benjamin again this week, or who's the other guy that they have there? I don't even know. The fourth string running back in Arizona. Oh, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Ward? Ward. Yeah, who's also questionable. Didn't practice, so he's also dealing with stuff. So, like, legit, who's who's available? We got a limited practice out of Chase Edmonds. We got no pro. Wasn't seen during pra- the immediate part of the practice for James Conner. Benjamin's the only guy not walking wounded right now for Arizona in that back. Yeah, as I wrote it in the playbook, because I put Connor in there. I mean, Edmonds is obviously in play. If Connor's out and it's Edmonds as the lead guy, then yeah, I'm in. If it's if like if it's a limited Connor and a banged up Edmonds, then I'm probably out on the running game for Arizona there. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless I'm like really trying to throw a dart in a GPP, I, I don't really love it that much. Okay. Is there anybody else? Any other guys that you're taking stabs at? Uh, Miles Sanders is expected to be back this week. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna look at Miles Sanders there. Ramondre Stevenson definitely a possibility. If um, you know, if if the hamstring is hindering too much for uh, for Harris, but other than that, no. Any no, any I, Jarek McKinnon love five for twenty four three catches <laughs> minimal. If you're playing like ten lineups, right, then fine. You can you could find a spot for him, but 
I mean, it's not a, it, it's just not a play that I'm going to be like, I can't push the chips all in on Jarek McKinnon, even, even with his uh, touchdown last week. I was going to say, yeah, 30% snap share for him last week uh, there. And no CEH, obviously. Did Daryl Williams play last week for... He did, but he got hurt and he left the game early. Okay, okay. So that's what we're waiting on. Yeah, I mean, hey, if that ends up being the case, I guess we'll watch it. Uh, wide receivers. Cooper Cup, obviously, is going to be the one people are going to try to fit uh, into their lineup here. But wide receiver is actually, like, fairly loaded. Right? It's a fairly loaded position with top talent. It's the playoffs. All these guys have, have great options here, except New England pretty much. So, yeah, Cup. Yeah, Debo is the cover of your playbook. You got Cincinnati guys, you got Diggs. Like, where are we Where are we building our lineup around here at this receiver position? Yeah, I think, like, I'll use Cup in a GPP, but I don't think I can fit him in for a cash lineup at 9000 The price on Debo is really high, but I feel like that's kind of where it starts. I like him. I like, <laughs> as funny as it sounds, I like, all right, so Debo, Mike Evans, I think is definitely a possibility, although he's going to see Darius Slays, and he got kind of shut down the last time these two teams met. I still think that he's got a, a strong possibility, especially as a, as a GPP play. Debo, give me T. Higgins, give me Deontay Johnson. I, I'm fine with Deontay Johnson. Listen, they might not win the game. The dude's still seeing double-digit targets, right? And he's still going to catch the ball. So yeah, kind of like Deontay Johnson. And then I'll take a peek at, at, at Mari Cooper and, uh, and possibly even CD Lamb. Yeah. Again, I think getting action to that Dallas San Francisco game is going to be a good one. Cause it should be a pretty back and forth competitive game. And if you're just looking sort of at the game flows of those other matchups, this one feels like the one where you'll get the most out of all the, uh, all the options there. Does the return last week, obviously Waller wasn't a huge part of that game, but you know, he did play a lot of snaps. So Zay Jones did see eight targets. He's $4,200, five, five catches, eight targets, 27 yards for him there. Uh, any interest as a value play? That's the thing. With Waller back, I have a, a hard time with Zay Jones. Like, I think Waller gets the targets, Renfro gets the targets, and Zay goes back to being like that, that potential dart throw. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's where Carr's focus is at. Okay. That's fine. Any of the secondary uh, Tampa Bay receivers? That's fine. Listen to you. That's fine. You know, I, mean, I, can't, I, I can't argue too much with the obviously the target volume that guy like Waller can command. Yeah, I'll just say obviously in his in the one game that he returned, Jose still saw eight targets there, and what was a shootout, right? Right, I mean, but that eight, was again that was Waller's first game back. Yeah. And it wasn't like they were gonna make him that focal point of the offense in his first game back. Now that you're talking about a second game back kind of kind of means something a little differently i think yeah i mean he said he played 78 percent of the snaps so that wasn't 90 percent like they usually got him out there so this could definitely be a ramp up game for him he did have nine targets though that actually surprises me i didn't expect to see the nine there uh, i saw the two for 22 which wasn't great but the chargers the Bengals rather are not really a great team against tight end so you could be could be a good play there are there any value then receivers that you're jumping out to here anybody guys under 5k Guys under 5K. Van yes. Jefferson, maybe. Perriman. I do like Van Jefferson. I think I think Tyler Johnson for uh, for the Bucks could be an interesting one. We'll have to, again, like you said, check on the weather. Because that's another thing about when you're talking about the weather for down in Florida, you could have like a crazy thunderstorm and it'll hit. And in like 20 minutes, it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. My you grandmother know? used to live in Florida and numerous times we'd go down there and visit and it would, and she lived in Tampa Bay. And it would rain for 15 minutes and it would be like a tornado for 15 minutes. And it'd be gone. right. And we saw that last week. It actually happened down there during the game last week. So I'll keep Tyler Johnson on my radar. Byron Pringle definitely stays on the radar as well at 3,900. 
What about um, Cedric Wilson last week? Uh, two touchdowns. He had a touchdown even in week 17. 12 targets now in two weeks, and he's replacing Michael Gallup. Yeah. I don't I don't mind that. I don't love that. I think we need big games out of Cooper and, and CeeDee Lamb for yeah. this to, to really take off for Dallas. But I do like the uh, the nod to, to him replacing Michael Gallup. I love Antoine Wesley. Like I know that you're going to have Jalen Ramsey and he doesn't shadow, but you're going to see Jalen Ramsey on both AJ Green and Christian Kirk. Kirk runs mostly out of the slot. AJ Green's on the outside and and Jalen Ramsey is actually splitting his time fairly evenly between the outside and the slot. I'm just kind of, I mean, he spends more time on the outside than he does in the slot overall, but like on each side on the left and the right. So I think the focal point is going to be Christian Kirk, and the focal point is going to be Zach Ertz, and it's going to be A.J. Green, which allows for Antoine Wesley to kind of sneak in there. So just something to kind of keep in mind there. As far as like GPP dart throws, if you're going to do some sort of an, an Arizona stack, perhaps you uh, you get to pay down with Wesley instead of one of the top-priced uh, wideouts. Sure. All right, tight end. Top grouping, obviously, is, is the elite group. You have Kelsey. You have Rob Gronkowski against Philadelphia, the best matchup for tight ends all season. Uh, you have Kittle uh, coming off a couple of down games actually to end the year, and then the returning down right there is a top four. Yeah, I mean, listen, Gronk has to be the number one tight end just based on this matchup against the Eagles. They they just continuously bleed points to the tight end. Could we see a Cameron break touchdown? Yeah. Yeah, of course we could. Anytime touchdown for Cameron Brake, it's 400, plus 400 on, <laughs> on DK. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but why wouldn't you bet that Right. Um, against the Eagles? I think my two favorites are actually Gronk and Waller. I have Kittle and Kelsey both in the playbook, but I think Gronk and Waller have the uh, have the higher ceiling just based on their matchups. Here. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Obviously, Gronk is the first one. I think a lot of people are going to run to because it is Philadelphia. But Waller is where I was putting mine because it is that discount. I did like they played a bunch of snaps. And again, Cincinnati is on a team that does very well against the tight end generally. So if, if Waller is not carrying in an injury designation, saw the nine targets there in its first return action. This could be a, a discounted breakout game and one that should be, again, a little bit more competitive there. So definitely like, when again, I don't know if many people will go Waller because kill is only $300 more and people may see the name Kittle and want to get that action there. Yep, that's where I am. And then the mid-tier for me, it's really just Zach Ertz. I know Goddard's going to have some appeal, but again, I've been looking at that weather, so uh, maybe I'll have to take a deeper look into exactly how long that rain is supposed to be hanging around for Goddard. But I mean, Ertz at 4,700 just feels safe. Yeah, he's actually, he's seen a, a huge uptick in targets since DeAndre Hopkins went down with the injury. You look at between Green and Kirk and which one of those receivers is seeing the targets, and all of a sudden you look over and you're like, Oh, shit, it's Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is the guy who's getting all those targets. So, yeah, I like the target share there for Ertz. I think that's a, a good spot to be. You want to throw a dart at Fryermuth? I think you can. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. And I was just going to add to the dartboard, obviously, you could put Cameron Brate in there. Um, only 2,800. You'll get your touchdown in two yards, but, you know. Depends on what you're looking for. CJ Uzama, right? This is just this is another spot where the Vegas team is just really weak against that tight end. So if you're looking for a GPP dart, if you want to if you want to throw a stack and you can't afford any combination of Mixon Chase and Mixon Higgins or Chase Higgins, you can probably sneak a little Uzama in there and uh, and have the pay down. Yeah, I, I think I could see the potential for that, just given the matchup. Again, the Raiders not a great team. 
also against tight ends. Though Uzama is frustratingly frustratingly low usage guy, there's certainly uh, opportunity at times for him to get some some looks there. All right, Howard, defense. I think the the spend downs are are kind of interesting here. I mean, the Rams are home at $2,700, a little bit cheap, kind of given the talent that they have on the defensive side of the football and knowing that Arizona is kind of limping themselves into this playoff here. And then New England, if you're just trusting the cold and the Belichick defense and all that stuff, it could be a, it could be like a 7-3 final here or something like that, right? Just two defenses to spend down on that I'm looking at here. But yeah, the four defenses I wrote up in the uh, in the playbook, the Bucks, obviously against the Eagles. I like the Chiefs against the uh, the Steelers and I like the Bills against the the Patriots. But yeah, I also the, the defense that I wrote up to pay down is New England. Because, I mean, we've just, we've seen them do it before. And if, I mean, Josh Allen, even in that game against the Jets, man, right? That score was like 13 to 10 for three quarters. Oh, he hasn't been good for a little bit, man. Like you mentioned, again, I know the Jets, he had the two touchdowns there, but only a 53% completion percentage against Atlanta. He had three interceptions, no touchdowns, right? right. Like, yeah, no, it hasn't been it hasn't been very good these last couple of games for him. So I don't mind the Patriots there at all. You bring up a good point with the Rams. I think the Rams are pricey on FanDuel. Maybe that's why I just but I immediately went to the Patriots there as the pay down. Yeah, a uh, hundred bucks more for the Rams, maybe because they're home. If you believe in them a little bit more with the talent, Ramsey, Darnold, uh, Donald, and, and all that stuff, you could you could go in that direction. Uh, Howard, that wraps it up, man. That's our our six game look, wild card weekend. Playbooks out already. Uh, dartboard will be out. All the coaches are out. Where get us in in chat and on Twitter. Any final words for the uh, people at home? No. All right. So six game playbook. Now between the time that we're recording right now and I've got the show to do, dartboard might not be out until late night on Friday night. It could just, I could just pop it out there on, on Saturday morning. I don't think that's going to be too upsetting for anybody, but what you're going to get, just so you know, I will do a set of example lineups for this six game slate. I'll do those on, uh, those will be out on Saturday in time for the, uh, for the full slate to lock. I will also do a set of example lineups if you're just playing the two-game slate for that day. So you'll get two sets of examples on Saturday. You'll also get a set of example lineups on Sunday just for that three-game slate there as well. And then, of course, on Monday, you'll get your, your showdown write-up from uh, and video from, uh, from Tara Roberts. So that's the plan. That's what we got going on here, and let's get at it, man. Let's finish this. Let's start the playoffs strong. We finished the season strong. Let's just uh, let's get it, man. Let's do it. I agree. Let's do it. Let's get it. All right, guys. We'll talk to you all later.